Um, we're going to continue our series here. We're gonna, we've got a whole lot of things going on this morning. If you recall, a couple of weeks ago, we began to look at the fruit of the Spirit uh, in our lives. And really what that means, it's the result or the fruit of the Spirit of Christ living in our lives. Uh, the fruit are the, the positive characteristics or the attributes of God uh, that live in our life. And here's the reality. You know, we can't manufacture those things, but they're a testimony of the fact that Christ is real and he is alive in our heart. Fruit, that fruit of Christ in our life proves that he's in there. And you and I can't, we can't gin that up, we can't manufacture that, we can't make that happen. In Galatians, we looked at the contrast between the fruit of the sinful nature, the, the flesh of mankind, and uh, what that looks like. Paul says that old sinful nature, that old desire, that old flesh, um, it desires its own way, and he says that the, that nature is obvious. It's sexual immorality, impurity, uh, debauchery. Maybe you don't know what debauchery means. Debauchery is sensual pleasure, really, of any kind. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, even jealousy, Paul talks about. Fits of rage. He said, if that's what's going on in your life, that's fruit of the flesh. And he says in Galatians that anybody who, who lets that just run wild in your life, if that's where you're at, that fruit of the flesh, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot walk in the kingdom of God. The fruit of God's spirit is not going to be in you because you can't have fresh water and salt water coming out of the same well, right? I mean, the fruit of God can't come out where that flesh is. And he goes on from fits of rage down to selfish ambition and dissension and even factions, envy, drunkenness, uh, partying, orgies, and the like, and all these, and all these other things, all these things, you just as just as much as selfishness. If that's what's ruling in your life, you said you can't enter the kingdom of God. Galatians five and verse twenty-two begins to list the fruit of the spirit, and we looked at these a couple of weeks ago. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, and peace. That's the first three that we talked about last week or a couple of weeks ago. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And Paul says, against these things, there is no law. There's, you can't, you're not gonna get spanked on the hands for, for showing somebody kindness or love or joy. There's no rules, no law against walking in peace. We should all do that. As a matter of fact, I think as you look, as time goes on, you look at the contention in the world around us, and there's a need for the fruits of the Spirit those who belong to Christ Jesus, listen to this, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Paul is saying, as a matter of fact, not only are these fruits within you, but you have to lay down your life. You have to crucify and get rid of that other junk, the, the fruit of the flesh. You gotta do something about that. I think we can only do it through Christ, but we've got to lay down. We've got to say, God, i got a lot of selfishness going on here. Will you take that away from me? i, I got a lot of anger going on. Will you take that away? I need to lay that down. I need to crucify that flesh. Jesus says in the book of John that it's to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit, and in doing so, you show yourself to be his disciples. If you want people to know that you're a Christian, 
a Christ follower, a believer, you don't have to put a big sign in the back of your car. You don't have to put a sign in your car and say, hey, I'm a Christian, follow me to church. What you have to do is let the fruit of God's spirit work in you, and the more you begin to show love, and the more you begin to show joy, and the more peace you have in your life, that's a sign to people around that you've got something different going on in your life. So the first three that we looked at were love, joy, and peace. Those are, they're, they're inner qualities that reflect your relationship with Christ. I'm gonna pick on Leroy for just a minute, okay? I can do that, right? Yeah. All right. So, so Leroy and, and Bobby Joe in, in recent months and really trying to get their life together, Leroy in particular is really trying to get his, get his act together here and follow the Lord. He's started coming to the men's group and, and all these things are going on, positive things in his life. He even shared one Sunday, told his testimony to you all, told you all about the junk that he's gone through in his life. And, and he's trying to put his right foot forward. You're trying to get things going right in life. And he had a, a big court case and really we, we believe we saw a miracle on that, that day. I mean, really, a miracle happened. And, and immediately after that, uh, Bobby Joe finds out that she's got some, some aneurysms in her brain. And now you've got a family who's really they're just trying to get their feet back on the ground. And you've got this love, joy, and peace. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And, and all of a sudden, maybe for the first time, they got to walk through some real deep struggles in their life. I, I know they've gone through deep struggles. But I also know in my conversations with Leroy that when he's had a lot of those struggles, man, he's wanted to run, run to something else, somehow numb the pain. You know, it's the fruit of the Spirit that proves that God's real. You can walk in love. You can walk in peace. You can walk in joy through some great difficulty. Every one of us, folks. It's the fruit of God's spirit. That's what gives us the ability. And that love, that joy, that peace that we have in our life, when people are like, how can you hold it together? It's not me. It's the result of Christ in me. It's the fruit of his spirit in me. That's what gives us the ability to walk through that. The next three fruits that we want to talk about are patience, kindness, and goodness. And really, that love, joy, and peace, that's, that's kind of for me, but the patience and the kindness and the goodness, they show themselves in a Christian's attitude towards his neighbor, right? I mean, most of us don't really need patience with ourselves. Ah, oh, you're such an idiot. No, I'm not. I can't believe the way you always do it. I just do it that way because I want to. I wish you'd put the butter away. Well, I don't want to put the butter away. We don't generally have those conversations with ourselves, right? Generally. I'm saying generally. <laughs> generally. But that patience, that kindness, that goodness, that reflects our relationship with Christ and how it looks to those around us. Remember, love, joy, and peace, that's the inner quality that comes from the relationship, his love, his joy, and peace, regardless of our circumstances, we get to watch it, walk in that. But these next three are really for our neighbors. And the reality is, it's not natural. 
It's not our normal reaction to be patient or to be kind with somebody. We kind of would just rather snap and let them know what we really think, right? It'd be much easier to just go, you know what? You're not so bright. That would be a nice way of putting it. So that fourth fruit is translated as patience or as long-suffering. The Greek word there is makrothumia, something like that. It can, be it can be translated as tolerance, long-suffering, forbearance. It means it's, it's the ability to endure, get this, it's the ability to endure injustices that are inflicted by other people. Sometimes we need long-suffering because people are not kind towards us, because people are unjust towards us. It's the calmness to accept situations and people, excuse me, but that are irritating and painful. Right? Anybody ever have to deal with somebody who's on a job site who's kind of irritating or painful? Or they just kind of get under your, just, they just, and they want to just keep digging, right? What do you do with that? The fruit of Christ, the, the, the result of the spirit of Christ in your life is that you can have long suffering towards them. According to Psalm 85, God himself is slow to anger and is long suffering. He expects his children to be the same way. It's because of God's mercy and his patience that he forestalls the second coming of Christ. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. One of the reasons God has, has withheld the second coming of Christ is so that we can get our lives right and we can move towards God. There are others out there that he's waiting to see come into the kingdom of God. And it's his patience that forestalls the second coming of Christ. It's his, his long-suffering towards us. Paul tells believers that we need to emulate Christ in that. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, and literally you have to understand here, Paul was a prisoner. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle and patient bearing with one another in love. Especially when people deserve it, right? Is that what it says there? Especially when people deserve it? No, he says make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. It's not about whether people deserve it. He says you need to bear with one another in love. Sometimes you have to bear with me. Sometimes people come to me with all kinds of ideas and it's like, yep, 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 yep. And they want me to do all those things. We don't do all those things. People got to bear with me. And we, we bear with one another. We, we put up with one another. Sometimes that's the way it seems. But we do it out of love and respect for Christ. Through the Holy Spirit, through God's grace, it's been given to each one of us so that we can maintain unity and bear with each other. That's what patience is. And sometimes that's a challenge. 
Paul actually says in Romans, offer yourself to God as slaves to righteousness. Offer yourself to God as slaves to do what's right. We extend Christ to people. We actually extend Christ. People see God in us when we're long-suffering, when we're patient. One day when we were in Hibbing, we owned a van, a 1984 Ford F-150, no, a Ford E-150 Econoline van. It was a brown conversion van. Picked it up, we had a great deal, got a great deal on it. And at the time, we had four kids in car seats. And so after church one day, I, um, I, the kids were big enough to climb up into the car seats, and then I kind of did the final buckling, you know. So I got the doors open, and I'm getting them buckled in, climbing in and out, and I'm standing there with my hands on the doors of the, the side doors of the van, and I'm waiting for the last kid, and we are ready, ready to go, and all of a sudden I can feel my arms going up and down. And I thought, and I looked, and here the pastor's son backed up the pastor's truck and he cut the wheels really quick and he took out the rear quarter panel of my van. And the bumpers were hooked together and he was trying to go backwards and forwards and the whole time the van is just, is literally I'm standing there in the van shaking. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? And you're hearing the metal. And so I look and this poor kid's eyes are like this. I mean, he's just freaking out. And the worship leader's standing there. Like, uh, Paul is our worship leader. And uh, I'm like, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. I'm like, all right, hang, hang on a second, you know. And so I walked over and I'm like, okay, what you need to do is put it in drive, turn the steering wheel, just, now go forward a little bit. And this poor kid's just, I mean, he's still just panicked. And it caused tons of damage to both, both vehicles. And afterwards, the worship leader walks up to me. He's like, wow, you did really good. Like, you were really patient, man. I thought he was going to rip the bumper off. You did really good. And all that is, all that has got nothing to do with me. In years past, I would not have been so calm. Stop! What's the matter with you? Knock it off! Don't keep doing that! Stop! That's the fruit of God's spirit in us. And extends forbearance. It extends patience. It extends kindness to people. Because the reality is, and it took me a little while to get this in my life, but the reality is that young man's soul and his relationship with Christ is far more important than any van I've ever driven, than any truck I've ever driven. As a matter of fact, God might just allow some of your idols, like cars or trucks, to get smashed to show somebody else his grace or his long-suffering. See, we always want to blame the devil for that stuff. And yet, I think that was a perfect way to extend God's patience towards somebody else. It's a perfect way to extend God's long-suffering. The question is, 
are we willing to be that person who gets our car smashed or our boat dinged or our ego hurt or our stuff dropped so that we can extend God's patience to somebody. We don't always want to sign up for that. And yet God often uses those difficulties. The fifth word in this list of fruits is translated as kindness. It's the, it's the Greek root word trestost. And it's translated as goodness, kindness, usefulness. When the world is, when this word's applied, it, it literally means decent. It means honest. It means helpful. When a person is all that he's supposed to be, he's humane and he's decent and he's reliable and he's gentle and he's kind. We possess the spirit, the spiritual fruit of kindness. And it's not just a, a it's not just a pat on the back type of kindness, but it's actually a kindness that goes out of the way. When Christ showed kindness to the sinful woman who was weeping at his feet where others were unkind to her. Someone said one time that the ability um, not only to possess but to deploy the fruit of kindness, especially in the face of hostility, is the mark of a true Christian. And I gotta tell you, I can't really go on from here without looking at our world today. Looking at what's going on in the world around us with riots and chaos and protests. What we watch on TV. What you watch on TV has nothing to do with kindness, does it? Has nothing to do with the character of Christ. Our world outside of Christ, without the church. Can you imagine what the world would be like without the church? Imagine what the world would be like without the stabilizing force of believers. We're the ones who are supposed to extend kindness to people. People are plugged in right now if you listen to all the hype you listen to what's going on folks I just saw a video last week of a guy who's running for political office down in one of the suburbs of Minneapolis and they're standing in a in a cul-de-sac hollering at the people that are supposed to be the constituents that they want to vote for him calling them all kinds of derogatory names it's like where is the kindness Where is the real leadership? Where is the empathy? Where's the compassion? Where's Christ in all of that? You and I have the opportunity to be deployers of that, to actually extend Christ. James says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show their good life by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Every evil practice. James says, get a hold of this. 
If you're following after your flesh, if you're following after your own, if you're going to harbor envy and bitter ambition and and selfishness, if you're going to keep that in your heart, there's going to be every kind of wickedness that follows that. Because it's all about us being God. I want you to do what I want you to do. I want you to serve me. I want this to go the way that I want it to go. I I just talked with a man the other day who was talking about driving down, is it Lake Avenue in Minneapolis where all the riots were, where there are literally millions of dollars worth of damage. Is that Christ in us? Is is, Is God reflected in that type of attitude? He's not. He's not. And I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but we're surrounded in this world with a spirit of anti-Christ, not Christ, opposition to Christ. That spirit is around us. And what kindness seems, folks, it seems like the most, one of the most basic forms of human dignity, just being kind to somebody. And it's such a stretch in our world you realize that if you're just kind to somebody, just kind, you extend the life of Christ to somebody. You don't have to be kind and say, in Jesus' name. You don't have to be kind and say, I'm doing this because of the church. You don't have to be kind and say, I want you to know that God loves you. You Just live and be kind. And let that be a testimony unto itself. Trust me, if you're kind to people at some point, they're gonna say, what, what's different about you? If you actually have joy in your life, if there's something in there and people begin to see that going on in your life, they're gonna ask, what's different about you? I've shared this before many, 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 many years ago, decades ago, literally decades ago, when I was at the Institute of Ministry at Strawberry Lake, we all piled in the back of a pickup it was cold, it was fall, we come driving into town. There must have been 15 of us piled in the back of the pickup. We got the Hardee's here in town. And we're standing in line at Hardee's. I have no idea what the conversation was at all. No idea. But I get my food and we head back out and we're, Hardee's was full so we were back in the back of the pickup and we're headed back up to Strawberry Lake and I open up my bag and I'm eating my sandwich and I'm reaching for my fries and I grab for the napkin in the bottom of the bag And written on my napkin in the bottom of the bag was, I'm a Christian too. I'm like, what? What just happened? I can't tell you what, I can't tell you what happened. I don't know what happened. But apparently, there was a witness. They saw something. That person behind the counter saw something in that group of people that came in And she wrote on the napkin, I'm a Christian too. I think that's cool. I think that's cool because that just proves that you don't have to do anything outstanding. We didn't do anything outstanding. We just stood there and we got our food. But apparently the way that we carried ourselves, the place was crazy busy, but apparently the way we carried ourselves reflected Christ. I think that's cool. And I think the truth is we all have that opportunity every day. A friend of mine used to manage restaurants. You'd have to understand this guy is kind of like nobody I've ever met before, just kind of out there. He managed restaurants for a, for a living, so he did for a number of years. And he took a teen group from his church. He took a busload. There was 40 kids. And they went and they decided they were going to stop at it. And he used to manage a 
Tasty Freeze, I believe is what it was. Fast food restaurant, kind of like a Dairy Queen style. And um, so 40 of them jump off of this bus and they all go into a Dairy Queen and they're uh, totally overwhelmed, the staff. And another bus pulled in right behind him. So my buddy Tim looks at the, at the waitress and says, it looks like you're really swamped. And she's like, yeah. He said, can you use some help? She's like, what? So he jumped behind the counter, literally jumped over the counter, and went back and helped them for a half an hour. Man, he managed the whole front. He'd never been in the store before in his life, but he just did that, and it was, a, and she asked, well, why would, why would you do, why would you do that? How could you do this? He gave him a great opportunity to tell her about Christ. Because he was kind, he extended, he didn't steal from her, he didn't, didn't rob, didn't complain about the service. So how can I help? Can I jump in? Can I help? Now maybe they wouldn't let you do that today. I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't have let him do it back then. But the reality was, there's always something you can do to stop. There's always something you can do to help. We literally had somebody at the end of our road last year and they're just, I was a camper sitting at the end of my road, and I'm thinking, what's going on? They blew a tire, and it tore out the whole sewage system on their camper that they had just bought. And were headed, they bought it in Duluth, and they were headed out to the Black Hills, and they got this far, and it's all ripped apart. And I'm like, let me go home and get some tools. All you have to do is be kind. Be kind. Before it was done, I had the opportunity to pray with them. You just be kind. It shows God is alive in your work, in your life. The, the sixth fruit, and the last one we'll look at today, is goodness. The, re, the Greek word is agathosun, and it's translated as virtue, benevolence. It has to do with moral and spiritual excellence. We might also call this goodness godliness. It means doing good to others. It means practicing what we preach. William Barclay, a Bible commentator, wrote, the primary idea of this agathosine is generosity, especially the kind of generosity that God exercises towards sinners. We exercise it when we give something something that they could have never earned. We exercise God's goodness. And people just can't earn that. There's, they're, not, they're, not, they're not coming to you for God's goodness. But that's the fruit of God's spirit. I want you to understand this about that goodness. And I'll leave you with this. We need to keep in mind that a person can display the goodness of God And sometimes that can be even a difficult truth. It might mean correcting somebody. It might mean chastening somebody. When Jesus drove the buyers and the sellers from the temple, he did it out of truth. It was, he, was, he, was, he was standing up for God's house. God's house is not going to be mocked. It's not going to be a den of thieves. This, is, this can't happen here. It would almost have been sin for him to allow it to stay. Sometimes God's goodness means we need to stand up for something that's right. We need to stand up when somebody does something wrong and say, you know what? Stop it. 
Don't do that. That's wrong. You're hurting somebody else. Sometimes we need to stand for that. I had a guy buy something from me one time when I, when I had an auction company, a small auction company, and this guy came and he brought his daughter, and I had never seen anybody so abusive, verbally abusive. And myself and my business partner were looking at each other like, what do we do, you know? My business partner was a big guy. I knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to pound this guy into the ground like a hammer and a nail. And finally, I had to pull a guy aside, and I'm like, dude, you cannot treat your daughter this way. It's wrong. And he got mad. And he started throwing things. And I was every name under the book. But you know what? It would have been sin for me to not stand up for that little girl. It would have been sin. It didn't change anything on the spot. Like, dude, you got to stop. You're verbally abusing her, man. You got to knock that off. She's my daughter, blah, 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 blah. She's not a piece of property. You know, sometimes a guy should probably be careful. Well, you got to stand up. We got to stand up for what sometimes God's kindness, my hope is that at least maybe that little girl saw that there's somebody out there that saw her plight. There's somebody that was willing to stand for her. There's somebody who was willing to stand in almost in harm's way. The fruit of the Spirit is about reflecting who God is. God would stand up for that little girl. He would have stood up for her. And sometimes, folks, we need to do that. We need to, God's Spirit will sometimes put us in a place that that makes us do what's right, even when it's difficult. Amen? We'll finish in the next couple of weeks with with these last parts of the fruit of the Spirit, but this whole the whole concept of teaching through this is for us to understand that in a lost and dying world around us the greatest thing that we could do is exhibit Christ who's in us and we do that by showing his life it's it's kind of when the word talks about not putting a light under a bushel basket Sometimes we think of that just in terms of what we say, but the reality is it's also in terms of how we live our life. We need to let the fruit of God flow out of our life and let that be a testimony of who he is in us, right? All right, let's close in prayer. God, I just thank you for each person here today. I thank you most of all, Father, that as we follow you, there's fruit that comes out of that And God, that we need to walk in that truth. We need to walk in what your word says. We need to be kind. We need to be patient. We need to be long-suffering. Sometimes we need to stand up for what's right, God. And when we do, we may not be hailed as a hero. We may actually put ourselves in jeopardy. But God, I pray you'd help us to learn to lay down our lives lay down our selfishness, lay down all the things that we want, what the Bible calls the acts of the flesh. We would lay that down 
so that we can be dispensers of your goodness, of your life, of your fruit, of your peace, of your joy. We can dispense that to the people around us and we can be a testimony about who you are and how you work in our lives. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this this body of people, God. I pray that you just continue to work in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and have yourselves a great week. And um, have a great day.